What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us for a new week of African Dialogue right here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. It's a new week. Thank you for joining us once again as we explore the content of uh, really the continent of Africa. And today we're going to be looking at that issue of content. Uh, we know that last week there was a big announcement that was made by the public broadcaster in South Africa, the SABC, stating that it will actually try to see if it can actually position itself in a space whereby they have 90% of music content being from its local uh, areas. Like, so music will be local, and so you can only hear 90% of South African music. So that made us explore. Hey, let's see if we can look at uh, local content versus uh, international content. Because it seems when you look at uh, what we do on, when, what we see on television, we always see content that comes from outside the continent. So today we'll be discussing local content versus international international content. But before we get into that discussion, and Musa is standing by to give us our news. In the headlines, major powers gather to discuss the expanding presence of the Islamic State in Libya. Former AU Chief Jean Ping accused of inciting civil war in Gabon and South Africa on a mission to cement relations within the ranks of the ruling Sudanese People's Liberation Movement. A very good morning to you. I'm Anne Musam. Major powers have gathered in the Austrian capital, Vienna, to discuss the expanding presence of the Islamic State jihadist group in Libya. A government of national unity strongly backed by the international community has been slowly asserting its authority in Tripoli since late March, but it still faces a rival administration in the East. The conference is being co-chaired by the United States and Italy. Europe fears the jihadists who have in recent weeks made new advances will usurp sport and airport as a springboard to launch attacks on the continent. The former chairperson of the African Union Commission, Jean Ping, has been caught up in controversy in Gabon. In a viral video on social media, Ping, who is also a candidate in the country's August presidential poll, was heard inciting violence against a group he described as cockroaches. The comment has angered the country's top officials, including the Council of Ministers, who have condemned Ping's report in the comment rather than the strongest term, saying it conveys hatred and violence. Reports say the government intends to drag Ping to court over his comments. The former diplomat who joined the presidential race earlier this year has however not commented on the incident. 
Cameroon's government says multinational forces fighting the militant group Boko Haram arrested five of the group's leaders and freed 18 women and 28 children. Government spokesperson Issa Roma says the forces raged through the insurgents' bases in the northern Madama-Waya forest earlier this month when the women and children were found. A similar operation mobilized by Cameroon and Nigeria killed at least 92 militants and freed close to 900 hostages in February. The news came after a summit in Nigeria's capital, Abuja, where several leaders from Central and West Africa, France, the UK and the US met to develop a strategy to tackle governance, security development and socio-economic and humanitarian dimensions of the Boko Haram crisis. South Africa's Deputy President Cyril Ramaphosa is on a mission to cement fractured relations within the ranks of ruling Sudanese People's Liberation Movement in South Sudan. He is expected to arrive in Juba on a working visit to that country. Ramaphosa will be there in his capacity as the special envoy of President Jacob Zuma to the country. The United Nations has confirmed that criminal prosecution of peacekeepers accused of sex abuse is underway in a number of countries. A series of special measures aimed at attempting to end impunity for sex crimes by human troops serving in, pe- in peace missions was adopted by the Security Council in March. Jocelyn Sambira reports. Egypt, a troop-contributing country for the UN, demonstrated the swiftest example of justice in trying soldiers accused of sexual abuse. That's according to the Undersecretary General of the Department for Field Support, Atul Kari. Egypt is not alone, said Mr. Kari. After a three-month probe, Bangladesh was able to try one of its soldiers for allegedly having sex with a minor, sharing another story about South Africa. This year, the Republic of South Africa undertook court-martial proceedings against members of its contingent deployed to MONUSCO in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Progress has also been made, he noted, in facilitating paternity and child support claims against peacekeepers. Recapping the top stories, major powers gather to discuss the expanding presence of the Islamic State in Libya. Former AU Chief Jinping accused of inciting civil war in Gabon and South Africa on a mission to cement relations within the ranks of the ruling Sudanese People's Liberation Movement. Good news for listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605-47-1711. So, if you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial 605-47-1711. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Hello, listener. Join Channel Africa in its 50th anniversary celebrations. Channel Africa is turning 50 in May this year. Join us as we move through memories of this station since 1966. 
you have friends and family in the United States of America who enjoy staying in touch with news from home, tell them they can call 605-475-1711 and listen to Channel Africa from any mobile phone. The best part is there is no extra cost for the call when it originates from the U.S. So tell your friends and family in the U.S. to listen to Channel Africa. The voice of the African Renaissance. Well, you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Thank you for joining us here on African Dialogue, where we zoom into the big topics that we speak about on the continent of Africa. And today we're taking a little of a different uh, topic and we're looking at broadcasting. And uh, today we're going to be looking at really local content versus international content. South Africa's public broadcaster said last week at least 90% of music played at the South African Broadcasting Corporation's 18 radio stations will uh, from last week Thursday comprise of local music in a bid to prioritize homegrown content. The SABC spokesperson Keza Khanyaho said that this came after consultations with local music producers as well as uh, the local industry in South Africa. This was celebrated by many on social media but there for those who question the moves, asking questions about whether the industry will be able to maintain such a mandate. Now, to help us on this particular issue, we're joined in our studios by Nomvuyi Sobaki, who is uh, the councillor from Ikasa, as well as uh, Raymond Lowe, who's joining us on the line and uh, representing the Media Institute of Southern Africa. Now, let me start this conversation with you, uh, Nomvuyi in the studio, in terms of looking at this particular move. Very interesting one, very historic one. We've never seen anything like this in South Africa, seeing content being regulated like this, especially from the South Africa Broadcasting Corporation. I know there were huge discussions as well with ICASA for this move to happen. It wasn't one that was haphazard. What were the actually consultations that took place for us to get to this particular point when it comes to content regulation? Okay, good morning, uh, Benjamin. And good morning to your listeners, and good morning as well to Raymond on the other side. Uh, good morning. Yes. I just want to first, as a starting point from the side of the regulator, mm. we started the process of local content as early as 2002, wherein we set our first local content quotas at 25%. Mm. And then from then onwards, we would l- deal with a licensee according to each license as to what are their requirements. Uh, for local content. So, essentially, in 2014, we um, did a study mm-hmm. wherein we interviewed radio owners, we interviewed content producers, musicians, okay. you name it. We went through all nine provinces in South Africa and we came up with what we call a cost-benefit analysis study. And uh, it, it's mixed with the social and economic part as well. Mm-hmm. So we did that. Last year, we published our draft regulations. We consulted wildly within uh, South Africa. We did the whole thing again. Mm. Nine provinces spoke to different people. We set different quotas. One of the things that I don't know whether I want us to go there, one of the learnings. Okay. One of the learnings that we we did find was that there is content in South Africa, Mm. but it differs in terms of the 
genre that will be required by a specific broadcaster mm. and it differs as well as to the quality mm. so we said okay let's look at it and then we set out the quotas for public commercial and uh, as well and community for radio and, and for music mm. so we've given people a period up 18 months mm. as of march this year wherein we're saying do your tests do your runs mm. so that you can find content because there are radio stations especially let's say the, the niche radio stations sure, sure. that are struggling sure. to find uh the content that is relevant to mm. them so mm. we say Go to the market, mm. uh, look for artists, mm. develop artists, partner with them, mm. and w even with music producers, mm. so that you have that content come the 18 mm. months. So, but as you can, as you, you would have seen uh, last week, uh, mm. SAPC said 90%. Well, SAPC has the content, has the library, mm. but the other broadcasters might not have sure, the same luxury, sure. which is we have to strike that balance as a regulator. Mm. Let me move to you, Raymond. Your oh. thoughts around this move and this kind of idea of driving the way forward in terms of uh, looking at local content. What were your thoughts when you heard that announcement from South Africa's broadcaster about that 90% of local content in terms of music? Well, I was staggered. <laughs> uh, I mean, 90% uh, of local content is an enormous amount. Sure. And um, although the industries appear to, to welcome it. Um, but okay. then, so, then uh, Raymond, I think we lost line. someone on the line there. I'm not sure who it was. I think we had uh, Cecilia Nguvaova there, who's the media practitioner of uh, the Namibia Broadcasting Corporation, but we have to let him go. But you can continue there, Raymond Lowe. You're saying that 90% is a huge percentage for you. It is a huge percentage. I thought the percentage that Ikasa had uh, developed from the 25% that Nombu Iso has uh, mentioned was 40%. Mm. And then I think it went up to 60%. Mm. Um, but to jump from 60% to 90% just like that. And although, although Ikasa appears to have consulted widely uh, about the, the, the issue of local content rather than the quantity, um, the uh, uh, SABC's announcement came, as far as I know, with very little consultation of the industry or, or of uh, broadcasters generally. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, very disturbed at that. that uh, that's not the way one should go about uh, defining the, the, the content of a broadcasting station, uh, to do it sort of unilaterally. That, that has been the complaint from the industry, that they were not consulted. Okay, um, I'm going to take a quick break and then we'll come back to that issue of consultation, also kind of that unilateral approach because sometimes different stations have different kind of content and different kind of demographics. So how do you go about actually looking at that particular issue? And maybe uh, Numbuyi Sobaki could give us that particular view because she highlighted that they did do kind of a search and a research around uh, different parts of uh, the country to do a research on that. So we'll, we'll come back to that part. What are your thoughts? Thoughts. Hey, do you think that we consume too much international uh, content versus local content? Give us your thoughts. Do you think this is a, a brave move from the SABC to have 90% of music played on radio stations? We're not just talking about music, we're really talking about content. What are your thoughts on this? Plus 27796957930. That's plus 27796957930. Give us your thoughts as well via email. That's info at channelafrica.org. It's 15 minutes past 11. 
11 o'clock Central African time. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back after this. Get to know Channel Africa and all the people who bring news, views, and great African entertainment. You can now catch Channel Africa on DSTV Audio Bouquet, Channel 902. Channel Africa. The voice of the African Renaissance. Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Uh, remember, you are listening to us on DSTV on Channel 902. Thank you for joining us there on the audio bouquet. we also online on www.channelafrica.co.za. And if you're listening to us on our shortwave service, we're on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. Joining us in our studios, we've got Nomvuyiso Baki, who is a counselor from ICASA. And ICASA is the Independent Communication Authority of South Africa, really focusing on regulation when it comes to the broadcasting industry in South Africa. We also have Raymond Lowe from the Media Institute of Southern Africa. Coming back to you, Nomvuyi, so very good thoughts that are coming from Raymond Lowe, looking at the fact that, uh, you know, when you look at different broadcasting mediums and platforms, they have a different mandate. The public broadcast has a different mandate, and maybe 90% content could be a good move for the local broadcaster. Maybe it's radical, but it could actually diversify the the local market in uh, uh, South Africa when it comes to broadcasting and the music industry. But also, when you look at, let's say, a private maybe radio station, its mandate is not necessarily looking at local content. It could be looking at maybe a niche market, jazz. I'm thinking of a jazz classic radio stations or whatever that have more international music accessible in those genres for example. So how would you actually locate the space for those uh, different kind of mediums, local and the national uh, mediums of broadcasting? Okay. Thank you, Benjamin, for that question. Mm. From our side, because we were regulated three-tier broadcasting space, which is public, Mm. commercial, which is your private, and the local, which is your community, Mm. community broadcasting. One of, because we have to look at these three as a collective. Mm. What we've done, we are saying as the authority, it's 60% for the public broadcaster, Mm. and that should commence as of 18 months from the date that I mentioned in in March. Mm. For commercial, we've put them up at 35%, and we're saying as well they have the same same 18 months for local, for for community as well. And the uniqueness Mm. of why we're saying this, we're saying this because we recognized in our research that there are, especially in the private space and in the community space, wherein there is just a struggle for local content. Sure. Because they're very, as you were saying, Benjamin, mm. they're very niche-specific. Sure. Someone will play um, music that is peculiar to that specific area, mm. and only maybe there's only one or two artists in that area. So mm. we look at those things and we say, how much time do we want to give people in order for them to meet the quotas, in order for them to comply? Mm. And with community radio stations, actually we give them points as mm. to look, do a live show, mm. partner with your with your local artists, actually have a radio interview. Mm. It counts towards 
that being a local content, content yes. because you are marketing, you're giving the person space for them to be heard because people don't only listen to music, they want to know who is the person behind that. Mm. So we do all these kind of points that we're showing that this is how you need to go through the journey of, of, of ensuring that you, you comply. Mm. So that's how we look at it as, as from the regulator's point of view. Mm. Let me move to you, Raymond. Your, your thoughts there, according to actually there are different specific uh, mandates that are given to the various platforms. Yes, of course, there would be uh, different mandates. Um, and and I, I, I presume that they, they are acceptable. Mm. Um, as they apparently were gazetted in, uh, in March, I think, um, sure. uh, Nomu is saying. Um, <clears throat> that, uh, but uh, I, I still come back to my point about the lack of consultation, mm. going up to 90% for the public broadcaster. Mm. Um, uh, one, of the, one of the things that worry me about that is the exclusion of international music. Mm. Um, is that a good thing? Does that constitute diversity in broadcasting? If one uh, if one becomes, shall we say, looking inward to mm, mm. whatever is produced in South Africa to the to such an extent, mm. uh, and and excluding as a result of that um, overseas um, and and other types of music and other types of entertainment. Well, I think this is related only to music. Mm, mm. The local music industry, as I said, has welcomed this because obviously it means a, a greater um, exposure of their products. Um, throughout South Africa and, mm. and with that of course goes the commercial benefits that mm, go with it mm, mm, mm. Um, and uh, so so from that point of view there's uh, a positive element mm. uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm very worried about the insular nature, nature mm. that that is developing in South African broadcasting mm. Is this not a good thing Raymond looking at just content in itself I mean we live in a world where really was propelled by the whole notion of the MTV culture where we Africans started consuming the American content in such large numbers. I think we don't even consume other um, countries as much as we consume the United States of America. So doesn't this allow us to actually look inward and look within our our local content and actually find ways that we can stimulate that industry? Yes, but do do you stimulate the industry by excluding everything else? (laughs) <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, because I mean, ninety percent local content means there's only ten percent of everything from elsewhere, mm. and that I think is a, is a, a disproportionate amount. Mm, mm. Um, and uh, and and one, I think one has got to be careful not to become so inward-looking mm. uh, that one excludes what's going on in the rest of the world. Mm. so you wanted to say something to that yes I just wanted to say Benjamin just to uh, perhaps uh, ensure that we were together on this one mm. with Raymond the 90% by the SAPC although I haven't seen the actual details mm. the regulations say evenly spread mm. so it does not mean that 90% of the day you're going to be listening to local content Okay. so during prime time, out of X number of songs that we'll be playing, I'll say ten out of ten songs, mm. nine of them, this is how we would interpret it. But okay. I haven't seen the details. Sure, sure. But that's how you look at it. It will be spread evenly. There is still uh, a lot of, uh, I'll say, American music on radio mm, because mm, I, I do listen to SAPC radio. Mm, mm. But that not that's not only it. Just to go back to what you said earlier, ironically, one of the private radio stations 
uh, in South Africa, the ones that started with the whole notion of local content, they went out of their way and self before even ICASA, they're even way, way, way above ICASA's uh, regulations. Mm. They self-imposed a 50% local content during their prime time. Mm. And they have been successful in this regard because they go out of their way to ensure that they get that content. I take the point perhaps that uh, what Ray is saying is that is, is the sector ready mm, mm, for, for, mm. for the 90% at this point? And I think maybe SAPC can, can maybe uh, respond to, to that one. Mm. But from our side, we just say as long as it's relevant to your specific radio station, to your format, mm. to your genres, we are, we are more than happy mm. because you are ensuring that the, the social, the cultural aspects of, of, of South Africa are represented. Mm. Mm. And to add to that, you will find other radio stations within uh, SAPC. They mm. only play only Afrikaans music, mm. uh, especially because I drive on my way towards Bloemfontein. Mm. And they'll only play Afrikaans music. That mm. is local content, content and it's yeah. relevant to that specific area. And that's why I'm saying, for me, it's a, the impact will only be felt after, because I understand SAPC is doing a, a trial for three months, mm. and after the three months, and I think they're going to go back to the drawing board mm. to check whether it is working or it is not working. That's where uh, I think maybe this is going to, to mm. look like. Also, just to stay with you, Nomvisa, in terms of that issue of local content, why is it such an important area for ICASA in itself to look at the fact that we actually are actually exploring that area because we're not just talking about music here i think sometimes we can be carried away by genre or the style of music or which culture the music is from but why is local content so central to what ikasa is all about ikasa is part of its mandate mm. we're mandated to ensure that uh, there's diversity of of programming of content representing south african views mm. and when you, you look at that in terms of music we look at that in terms of uh, drama, in terms of, of sport, whatever that it is uh, available mm. even on TV. Yeah. So we look at it in that space. And it is important from our side because it spans further. It says social cohesion. We are also responsible to ensure that the people that we regulate as a collective are seen as, to, uh, as, as driving the mandate of ensuring that there is social cohesion within South Africa. And one of the things that is looked at is culture and is about being relevant to your audience. And just just to on the other issue that Raymond is raising about the lack of, of, of music, one of the things that we found is that in order for local content to, to be successful, mm. a radio station, a television station has to be genuine about it. Mm. It's not about the numbers. It's about what are you doing about it. It's about having, as I was saying, having live shows, having uh, sponsoring a concert mm. and be, being seen, being involved. And you cannot... If if you go out of your genre, then mm. it's not it's not going to be seen as being relevant or being genuine to your audiences. Mm. You have to be genuine to your audiences, and that's that's the things that we have found out as a regulator. Mm. Raymond, don't we also have enough alternative platforms already now that we live in a world which is really whereby people are on the internet and uh, seems like content on the internet is also being uh, consumed a lot. And so doesn't this allow us to actually focus on our own content and maybe people can use other forms of platforms such as the internet to actually uh, find that international content? Yes, the only problem about that is that the 
the number of people who have the Internet mm. is not, of course, as great as the number of people who listen to the South African Broadcasting Corporation mm. radio service, as distinct from the television service. Mm. And um, so uh, the, the, while that is a factor, um, I, 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 I don't think that, that, that um, overtakes the factor that there is a a huge increase in 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 the in the amount of local content in music mm. uh i'm i'm encouraged by um as uh, reference to the fact that there is there is a, a continuing a continuing investigation into this area that mm. is going to last for another three months which is in in a sense the form of consultation that i was looking for sure and uh at which one hopes will then show where the weaknesses of the system or the or the strengths of the system, both of which, of course, are very are very very welcome. Mm. Uh, that is that, 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 that. What I mean by that is the highlighting of those uh, of those deficiencies or advantages uh, becoming more public. I think that that would be a, a great advantage to everybody, mm. uh, and and everybody will will benefit from that. Mm. We're speaking to Raymond Lowe, who's from the Media Institute of Southern Africa, joining us on the line. And in studio, we have Nomvuyi Sobaki, who is a counsellor from ICASA, and that's South Africa's Independent Communication Authority of South Africa. We know it as ICASA. What are your thoughts? Do you think that we consume enough local content? We're not just talking music. We can be talking films, dramas, as was highlighted by Nomvuyi so earlier on. Any type of content, do you think that in our broadcast whether private or public, we have enough local content in our various African countries. Give us your thoughts. SMS us on plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. Or you can send us your email at info at channelafrica.org. That's info at channelafrica.org. And thank you to our listeners who are listening to us from America. Remember, if you are an international uh, listener listening to us from the USA, you can call us on 605-475-1711 and uh, you can listen to us telephonically there at no extra cost. Hey, technology is going to different areas. So hey, if you are from the United States, that's another way that you can actually access us here on Channel Africa. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back with this very interesting discussion. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. My name is Sipa Hot Sticks Mabuse, a South African musician and an African artist for that matter. You are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Pambi. My name is Yvonne Chaka Chaka from South Africa, but Africa is my home. You're listening to Channel Africa. The voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Habida, an African artist from Kenya, and you're listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.
Yes, you're listening to Channel Africa, and this is African Dialogue, where every day we get some experts and guests into our studios and speak to them telephonically and look at the big subjects or topics that are happening on the continent of Africa. Today, we're looking at this big announcement that was made last week. 90% of music played at SABC's 18 radio stations, and it started last week, Thursday. What does this mean? We're looking overall at content, not necessarily African music. That's not our topic, but our topic is is African content versus international content. And, you know, I was speaking to you, Nombuiso, back in terms of looking at this issue of, you know, most of it, local content sometimes need uh, investment and financing, mm-hmm. and sometimes we don't get good quality because sometimes local content is not backed as much as it is international content. And sometimes local radio stations or small uh, TV radio, TV stations like uh, there's one in Pretoria, the Twane TV, the content is not so great because you mm-hmm. can see these guys are not well financed. Maybe their advertising department is not doing so well. So advertising versus that sub- financial support, how does Ikasa weigh those uh, dynamics out? Uh, thank you, Benjamin. Actually, I'm very happy at raising that question mm. because that is the very reason that most broadcasters, if not all, rely on uh, advertising revenue. That's, that's the starting point. And r- advertising revenue is determined by the number of audiences that you attract to your radio station. So hence the balance is very important. So let's look at the issue now. Secondly, the issue of quality. Most local, I'll talk about television. Most uh, in television in South Africa, uh, television uh, relies on content that is commissioned. That is, they will commission someone to make a specific drama and then that person will deliver on that. There's very few instances that people will actually fully finance their production. They are, but they're not a lot. Unlike, for instance, you will find in other markets that there's a lot of involvement in the production sector wherein a lot of money is put by different, I'll say, I'll use the word agencies, by various funders, so that there is content that is palatable that will be shown or will be heard on, on, um, on radio or TV. And I'm sure you've heard so many instances here in our own uh, country, South Africa, how a, a musician will say, how I, I struggled, I didn't have anyone to market my CD, and I've been in this game for X number of years. So the, the, the beauty of what we were trying to do was saying, look, do the trial and error, test people out, go out of your way to find them, because we recognize the dynamics of uh, people not having money, that is production companies and uh, even in composers, and vis-a-vis uh, the platforms that are being available to, to, to them. I take the point that uh, Raymond is, is, for instance, concerned that the move of not playing or of playing less international music perhaps may lead to uh, having international music being bought more which is something I think it's, it's more implied there. Uh, look, from this, at the, this point, as I'm saying, it's still the three months. We'll, we'll see whether SAPC, the trial, they're going to keep it as permanent 
or or what. So mm. it's it's, mm. it's that we're in that space. Mm. Raymond, your thoughts there around that issue of financing and different uh, platforms uh, having different forms of financing, and sometimes it affects the quality of those uh, broadcasting uh, platforms. Well, what Nom is saying is absolutely correct. Mm. Uh, the the platforms depend on commercial advertising to sustain themselves, and and if if um, uh, they do not get sufficient revenue, it's very difficult for them to put on shows of quality and music of quality because it's uh, it's uh, quality uh, material costs money mm. and and can be expensive. Mm. But I don't know the full extent of that. It's the industry that should really be comment- commenting on that aspect of the of the of the problem. Mm. Raymond, you know, I'm a very much of a consumer of U.S. music. It's it's just the way I was brought up. It's kind of like this bad thing that I have. I'm kind of I consume a lot of American music. That's just the way I was raised. And what I what's always fascinated me about the United States is the fact that it is independently vibrant the film industry is vibrant and there's so much investment in themselves there's so much investment the united states they invest in their own music they invest in their own uh, broadcasting facilities they just invest in themselves don't you think we should actually take on that culture ourselves because that might actually stimulate us as a country or as a continent when we start seeing and asking for local investments to actually invest in our own uh, industries well, I don't know the extent of local investment in the music industry mm, in South Africa, mm. but I think it's quite substantial. Sure. Um, and but I I do agree with you that there should be greater investment, and uh, and and obviously more diversity of, of of exposure of the various cultures in South Africa, and of their music and and products, and uh, and 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 that that would require money. Uh, but where is the money going to come from? Mm. Who are the people who are going to do that? Mm. And uh, and that 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 is a, a question that hasn't, as far as I know, been explored. Although apparently Ikasa is doing that in there, from what I from what was saying. Yeah. And 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 I think that that's a welcome development. Mm. I'm not, by the way, uh, propagating American music. There's sure. music from other countries as well, mm, mm. Uh, and uh, it's 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 international music, which I and I don't want it to overtake South African music. Sure. Uh, I, but I think we should have a fair representation of uh, overseas products. Mm. Now, says we're about to wrap it up. I'm interested in just what Ikasa has been doing for a while now. What have you seen? in this whole space whereby you've introduced that 25% and you moved on to that 60%, you've been kind of kind of, taking it easy and slowly. But what have been your observations over this period and this time? Did anything unique stand out for you in terms of those changes? Okay, thank you, Benjamin, for that. I'll tell you one of the things that stood out for us was that at some point before 2002, um, local content was seen as a burden, as something that was out to ghettoize the ra- the airwaves, <laughs> and and what we've seen is that actually local content is a commercial decision. It is a commercial imperative. A lot of broadcasters are making money from local content. However, it's what type. That's why you have to be, as I said earlier, you have to be genuine about it. And we've seen the most 
successful cases are those people that will choose a specific thing and they'll stick with it till the end. Not wherein, as the regulator, we impose a certain genre on that person and say, thou shall do this. So we see that, that the moment the person says, this is what I want to do, they actually make a success of it. And that's one thing that we are saying, it stands out. Mm. And that experience has been seen, Raymond. We're seeing that, you know, the introduction of local content over time, especially looking at South Africa, no, soapies are a huge thing in South Africa and it seems like they are actually getting a lot of revenue for broadcasters. And we've seen them popular. There's, there's something called My Perfect Wedding, which mm. happens on this, uh, I don't even watch it, but it, generates so much popularity on social media and people are starting more and more speaking about local content. So there is a commercial value indeed in uh, local content, Raymond. I think um, that that is true. Mm. And uh, we'll see how that works out. If the content is in fact um, uh, pushed up, uh, well, it has been pushed up to 90%, uh, one will see the effect of that on advertising, on advertising revenue of the broadcasters. And so moving forward, Raymond, what would we like to see, especially looking from a a media diversification area where we don't just want to see one form of content and we want to see a space that is still also diverse? What would we like to see moving forward as we wrap up the conversation? Well, I I don't know. I don't know how one uh, one defines uh, a percentage. Sure. Uh, For instance, the 90 percent that has been referred to suggests almost that 90 percent of all uh, content on this SABC is going to be local, uh, whereas it, in fact it's 90% of the music uh, offerings of the SABC mm. will be local. And that, uh, what, 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 to what extent is music part of the programming? Is it 50%? And therefore is 90% of 50% of the time that the broadcaster is, uh, is broadcasting? Um, I, I don't know. Mm, that, mm. That, that has never been explained. Um, so uh, it's very difficult for me to try and suggest some kind of percentage. But I, I would think where we were at 60%, it could go up to 70%, wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, but I'm, I'm a little worried about the, the, the overlay that once is suggested by a figure of 90%. Mm. And Numvuiso, my also same question that I'm asking to Raymond, I'll bring it to you in terms of how do you ensure maintaining that kind of quota on local content? How do you make sure that people still have a diverse content? Because you don't want just one view, one aspect, one philosophy in a country. We live in a globalized world and information is everywhere. It's on the Internet, it's on social media. So how do you make sure as a regulator that still there's that diverse vibe happening there? From our side, what we're saying is each broadcaster pace yourself because your od- audiences are very, you know, you can't, you have it today, tomorrow, it's not there. That is why we're saying incrementally go to a specific percentage. And uh, from uh, as, as we're saying, as, as, as I think Raymond went through our regulations, we said the maximum that the market can take at this point is 70%. You actually alluded even yourself that you consume a lot of uh, foreign, I'll say, say American content. And the beauty about the American content, you open your phone today and go to iTunes, even if you don't have an account, 
the first songs you're going to see on iTunes are American songs. And why is that? That was purely because of the investment that has that has happened. We do not, our role as a regulator, we do not want to kill broadcasters. We want the broadcasters to be sustainable. Hence, we're saying, uh, incrementally, go there, but just make sure you feel the pulse of your audiences, you feel the pulse of your advertisers. That's all we're saying as the regulator at this point. Thank you very much. Mm, that's how we're going to wrap it up. Thank you to Nomvuyi Sopaki. Thank you for coming into our studios. I really appreciate that you made time to come all the way here. She's the councillor from ICASA. Thank you as well to Raymond Lowe, who is from the Media Institute of uh, Southern Africa. Thank you both for giving us your time. And it's been a great discussion with different views and also just different aspects and perspectives coming out. So uh, I appreciate both of you for coming in. We tried to get a hold of Cecil Ngu who is the media practitioner of the Namibia Broadcasting Corporation. But because it was a line in Namibia, I think we struggled with that particular line. But hey, this discussion doesn't end. I'm sure we'll continue having discussions such as this. But let me pose this question back to you. Do you think that we have local content, enough local content in our radio stations, our television, broadcasting mediums that actually look at our culture, our diversity? What are your thoughts? Plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero is our SMS plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero or you can email us at info at channelafrica.org. Hey, let's take a quick break and then we'll be back with our economics update. Thank you. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective, Listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese, and Chinyanja, informing the world about Africa. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Well, let's uh, get our economics update. We've been joking around here with Wisani about this whole issue about the content. But hey, let's quickly move on now to more serious news. He's going to give us our business news. Good morning. Thanks, Benjamin. South Africa's main opposition party, the Democratic Alliance, says the reported imminent arrest of the Minister of Finance, Pravin Godan, will be a disaster for the country. The party says the arrest will cause an economic earthquake and make the sacking of Ntlantlanene in December look like a minor economic tremor. Newspaper report says Godan is facing imminent arrest as the hawks are pushing for him to be prosecuted for espionage for his role over the rogue unit formed during his tenure as SARS commissioner. The National Prosecuting Authority says no decision has been made to prosecute anyone in this matter. The DA's David Mania. The timing of the rumours could not be worse and will only cause further turmoil in the markets and also compromise efforts to avoid a ratings downgrade in South Africa. What is worrying, of course, is that reports suggest that authorities were waiting for the political go-ahead, which suggests that the investigation is politically motivated and part of President Jacob Zuma's fight-back campaign and attempt to neuter the national treasury. Meanwhile, the presidency says it has noted with concern media reports alleging the imminent arrest of Finance Minister Pravin Goran, presidential spokesperson Bungani Ngulunga. 
It is quite clear to us as the presidency, therefore, that the story in the Sunday Times is the work of dangerous information crackers who are hell-bent on causing confusion and mayhem in the country. The president has urged all South Africans to be vigilant and make sure that they are not fooled by these information crackers. We are concerned about these information crackers who keep on feeding false rumors to newspapers and other news agencies. And the growing fleet of tankers uh, stuck off Nigeria, unable to unload their cargoes of diesel and petrol is an even present reminder for President Muhammad Buhari that another fuel crisis is looming on the horizon. According to sheep tracking data and fuel traders, at least 75 ships uh, with two and a half million tons of uh, fuel are waiting for importers in Africa's biggest economy to find the dollars they need to pay for the cargoes. Some of the vessels arrived a month ago and their frustrated owners have almost given up hope and started to offer their fuel to buyers outside of Nigeria. And local and regional firms in Rwanda have been urged to use the capital market as an avenue to raise affordable long-term development capital. The Capital Market Authority, CMA, Deputy Executive Director Eric Bundungu says the market also offers the common men an opportunity to become part owners of big companies through initial public offerings. Bundungu was addressing a delegation of South Sudanese officials who were on a study tour of the Rwandan Stock Exchange recently. Finally, now to Mauritius. Leading Mauritian sugar producer Omni Ken says it expects a better crop this year, helped by better weather, after reporting a wider first quarter pretext loss than a year earlier. The firm, which produces refined sugar, said pretext loss rose to 2.5 million US dollars from 43.2 million dollars recently. Financial indicators, the dollar trading at 15.39 South African rands at 10.86 Botswana Pula and 9.94 against the Zambian Kwacha. Also trading at 0.69 to the British pound and 0.88 against the euro. Commodities gold, $1,275. Platinum, $1,050 per fine ounce. Brent crude oil going up now nearing the $50 mark now at 48.45 cents per barrel. That's how it's looking. Get to know Channel Africa and all the people who bring news, views, and great African entertainment. Bonjour à tous, merci encore une fois d'être sur Channel Africa. You can now catch Channel Africa on DSTV Audio Bouquet, Channel 902. Channel Africa. The voice of the African Renaissance. Now we have Musibudi Makura to give us our sports news.
Thank you, Benjamin. Good day, sports fans. And starting off with rugby news, South Africa Sevens rugby team, the Blitzborka, won the played final of the HSBC Paris Sevens in, on, rather on Sunday and stayed second on the HSBC World Rugby Sevens series log with one tournament to go. South Africa scored a 17-7 win over Australia after an earlier 29-19 win over New Zealand in the plate semi-final, a 21-10 defeat to eventual winners Samoa and the Cup quarterfinal first match in the, um, or rather at the Stadia Jean Bourgeon tripped up the Bitsborka to an eight consecutive semi final berth. Samoa went on to beat Fiji 29 26 in the final. Springbok 7's coach Neil Powell was pleased with the way his team fought back after being knocked out of the cup competition by Samoa. On to football news. Over 32,000 spectators watched the Women's FA Cup final between Arsenal and Chelsea at Wembley Stadium, north of London, on Sunday. Our correspondent Gesham Nyati reports. The attendance reflected a significant growth of women's football. On the playing field, Arsenal lifted the FA Cup for a record 14 times, beating Chelsea 1-0 in a thrilling match. Arsenal striker... Daniela Carter dribbled past Chelsea defender Hannah Brundle and scored a beautiful curling volley which shook the inner top roof of the net on the far corner early in the first half. The goal composed the Gunners. Nigerian international Asiati Oshoola troubled the Chelsea defence but was a culprit squandering three golden scoring chances. Chelsea, who were the cup holders after beating Nottingham County last year, brought in England international Aniolata Oluko deep inside the second half and Arsenal were on the defensive side. They survived breathtaking skirmishes from the Blues. The final whistle triggered huge celebrations for Arsenal and Chelsea walked on to receive their runners-up medals in despair. Geshom Nyati, Channel for Sports, London. On football news, Rwanda's under-20 team have started preparations ahead of their under-20 AFCON second-round qualifier against Egypt, um, set for the 21st of May in Kigali. Following CAF's decision to disqualify first-round winners Uganda over H. Ford last Friday, Rwandan head coach Jean Batiste has since summoned a 24-man provisional squad that joined residential camp on Sunday. Rwanda shared the spoils with Uganda in a one-all draw in the first leg in Kigali. Gali, but lost to the Hippos 2-1 in Kampala, henceforth losing the tie 3-2 on aggregate. However, a subsequent complaint to CAF over Uganda's fielding of goalkeeper James Awiba, whose club license did not match his passport, saw the continental football body disqualifying Uganda. On to athletics news, South African Stephen Mokoka pipped last year's um, runner-up brother Daniel Sahal at the finish line to win the second edition of the Cape Town 12-1 run race on Sunday. Mokoka also won himself an additional 10,000 rand for setting a new SA world record in the 12-kilometer race as he clocked in at 33 minutes and 55 seconds. Mokoka, who made his debut at, at the race after missing out last year, race due to international commitments has credited the SA contingents and he says teamwork was the reason behind his win. Yeah, I think uh, the five of us, I mean the six of us, it was me, Elrom, Zazi, Lucky and then uh, five of us, we worked uh, as a team actually because we were just sitting behind them, hiding from the win 
because there was two wind and then when they kept pushing the pace it was where we enjoyed and then when they drop I'll go in front and try to push and then Zima as well try to push as hard as he could and then uh, I think at around 9k Elroy kept saying to them come closer come closer and then uh, I think when we reach uh, before we reach 10k I made a, a little move and then when I made it Elroy responded very quickly and then he said to me it's good you know when he said that I felt confident because it was the three of us so we kept pushing pushing and then he pushed again and I pushed and then the guy Silel pushed as well so when we reached 10k it was around uh, 27.55 27.50 and then I realized that it's an even split from uh, the first the previous 5k so and finally in tennis news Thomas Burdich has split from coach Daniel Volavur just ahead of this month's French Open due to his disappointing results in the recent past. The 30-year-old Burdich has yet to reach a single final this season and has already lost 10 times, including a disappointing second-round loss to world number 71 Damir Dusmar in the Monaco Masters. World number eight, Burdich, who started working with the former coach of world number two, Andy Murray, back in December 2014, said on his Facebook post that he has yet to decide on his new coach. Burdich is currently training in Paris and will um, be will competing in his second Grand Slam um, event of the year, starting in Roland Garros next week. The Zaya Sports News at the Sour stay tuned to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Well, thank you for joining us today on our program. Remember that we want to hear from you. The question we were asking today is, do you think that we have enough uh, local content that is viewed by us Africans versus the international content? Give us your thoughts. Remember, you can SMS us on plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero, or you can email us at info at channelafrica.org. Remember, African Dialogue comes to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. Remember that you can also join us every day on Channel 902 Audio Bouquet on DSTV or you can listen to us online on www.channelafrica.co.za. If you missed the program and you're just joining us here on Channel Africa, remember you can go to our multimedia section on our website and you can click on African Dialogue and you can get this program later in the day. You'll get the whole broadcast. But thank you for joining us. Until tomorrow, God bless.